and welcome to the Meeple in a GameStack podcast. A podcast all about board games, whether it's getting into them, getting the most out of them, or just having a good time. And this is podcast number 16, and as always, I am your host, Mitch Brown. So on today's podcast, we are going to be covering... First off, we're going to actually touch on some community things, and this is actually a section that I'm going to have here regularly, just whenever I have reason to talk about stuff about the community, or I've had awesome interaction with fans, I just wanted to highlight it and bring it up here. Then we will be covering what I've been playing recently, and then lastly, we're going to be covering today's topic. And today's topic is 2020 Year in Review and the Future. Just kind of as, you know, perfectly bookending the year. Going to look back and, you know, reflect on the year as well as uh, talk about some stuff I'm excited about for the future. So first off, as this part of this community thing, two points. Firstly, the podcast is now on BoardGameGeek. It's a, I mean, not registered, but it is a recognized podcast. So if you are a fan of the show, uh, please go like it on BoardGameGeek if you use that website, of course. Yeah, right now I think I'm the only fan for it, so uh, if you like the show and are a fan, please go say that you are on BoardGameGeek, and I'd really appreciate that. The second part is a kind of cool, I guess, not discovery of mine, it certainly existed, but something that I discovered in the last week. The website that was formerly, <laughs> the artist formerly known as Board Game Prices, is now Board Game Atlas, and... Basically, the new owners of Board Game Prices have kind of merged it into their website, Board Game Atlas. One of my favorite things is that it still functions as Board Game Prices. It just looks a little fancier. You might have to just navigate one page over to look for prices, but basically it functions exactly the same. You can still use it. Oh, and I guess this is a perfect time to highlight a tool for those of you who don't know. Board Game Prices was a website where you would basically search a board game and would bring up the prices of that board game on a bunch of different sites. Whether it was in the States or not, I'm a Canadian, so I was using it for rest of the world as that little tab that you can select. Uh, It's just really helpful for trying to find the best price or trying to find where things are available. I'm not as worried about getting the best price. Usually they're within a couple dollars of each other. It's more so just helping me find stuff that's out of stock or, you know, rarer stuff. And it's a great tool for that. I'd highly recommend it. And I'd still recommend it even in its new form as Board Game Atlas. But what I was going to talk about is that Board Game Atlas is pretty sweet so far, just as an online kind of community for board games. And it's something that I'm enjoying being a part of. And something that's really cool and kind of struck me is that the owners are on it all the time. Like, you can talk to them whenever. So if you want anything, if you want them to make changes, if you can have a good idea, you can just talk to them and they'll probably make it happen. I've already had a couple of my suggestions were implemented already, so uh, at least one of them. I mean, maybe someone else suggested it as well. I shan't be (laughs) too cocky and say, nope, it was me. I made it better. I did this. But I just like that level of interaction and them being so willing to improve the system. And so far, it's been a pleasant experience. So it's a place that I'd recommend you check out if you're into board games and board gaming communities. I'll be on there. It's Mitch the DM is my username on there. And I've actually had some wonderful interactions with people. I've found a few more people and kind of spread the word of the podcast a little bit and got some great suggestions from listeners. So I quite enjoyed it. So next up, what I've been playing recently. 
Most recently, I've actually been playing War Chest, designed by Trevor Benjamin and David Thompson, and published by AEG, Alderac Entertainment Group. And those of you who have listened to last week's, my 2020 top 30 games, the final part, will recognize this one as the one that almost became my new favorite game. I really love this game. I'm really enjoying playing it. It's my new number two game. For those of you who don't know what War Chest is, it's kind of like chess and Dominion had a baby together. It's all chip-driven, and your chips are move around a hexagonal board that's a little chess-like in nature. They move, they can attack, they all have special little abilities that they can do. But how you control them is by playing the same chips. So the chips that are your pieces actually are the resource that controls how many actions that piece can play. And when you take damage, you actually take damage from this pool of chips. Each turn you also draw three chips from a bag, and that's kind of what you can do. There's some general actions, but mainly you have to draw the matching chip. So if I have a knight chip on the board, I need to draw a knight chip to kind of be able to control that piece. And since that's all tied in with the health and everything, it's just really, really an interesting system where every part of it is touching the other parts and interacts in a way and creates this kind of cool, I mean, system, but also this interesting game feel where you can really push the game space to like what direction you want to go and kind of mold it and shape it in a way that's really fun and really really interesting for me as well as the asymmetric gameplay because you're going to get different units you know knights soldiers archers etc they're all in here and they all have slightly different tactics and special abilities as well as the actual physical production of this is so so good the chips are awesome I'm absolutely going to have to check out Chip Theory games in the new year because poker chips as game pieces are excellent. They're really, really good. And I really, really enjoy the ones in War Chest and moving them around and using them as tokens and pieces and drawing them from the bag. The whole production of War Chest is just nice and really tactile and satisfying and really well put together. So that is absolutely one to check out if you haven't so far. I highly recommend it. And that is War Chest. Next on what I've been playing recently, we've got Photosynthesis, designed by Hjalmar Hak, published by Blue Orange Games. So, Photosynthesis is one that you might have actually seen if you've been paying attention to board games. Kind of Not so much recently, it's a little bit older, just a couple of years now. But it's one that I've seen a lot, and that is for absolutely a great reason, because the actual game looks awesome. The production's great, the art's really great, but one of the main pieces are cardboard trees. And it is a game about trees, about growing the best trees, and growing the most trees. <laughs> and what makes this so visually striking is the board is very well designed, but the game pieces that are these trees are just uh, little cutouts, you know, cardboard standees. But they look wonderful, they're very well designed, and as you play it kind of creates this cool... It looks like a forest. You're making a forest, and it looks like a forest. So this is one that, from a visual standpoint, absolutely knocks it out of the park. And if I had to briefly describe the game feel and play experience of photosynthesis, I'd say it's just, it's nice. It's just a pleasant time. Yes, you can have some competition because you are competing between these different kind of trees for spots in the forest. And it, yeah, there's certainly that level of interaction and there's a little bit of competitiveness, but it's so hard to escape the theme and game feel that are just kind of this peaceful, serene, and just pleasant experience. So what you'll do throughout the game is spread seeds to grow small trees, and you'll grow those small trees into the medium trees, and then you'll grow those trees into larger trees. 
And you'll do all this, you'll feed your seeds and growth all with sunlight points, which is from the sun, which is this border piece of cardboard that orbits around the outside of the board. Once it does three times, the game's over. But each time it does, that's the start of a new round, players will get actions, and you'll get sunlight points. But, and the big competitive, this is where the kind of competitive thing is, yes, you'll compete for seeds, but more importantly, you'll compete for sunlight. So if you have a really tall tree, it actually blocks the sunlight from the trees behind it. And on this hexagonal board, as the sun rotates around, you get nice clean lines of where it's going, and you can kind of strategically try to block the sun from your opponents while trying to maximize the most sun that you'll get yourself. And yeah, that ultimately is it. It's a lovely game, makes me want to be outside more. It'd be a lovely game to play in a park, maybe when it's not that windy, but it's just a pleasant game and it's a nice one and one that i might add to my collection sometime soon and that is photosynthesis next off we have a bit of a newer game and a definitely a very creative one this is sonora designed by rob newton and published by pandasaurus games so sonora is advertised as the only flick and write and it is because that's kind of how it works there is two parts to this game the first part is you have a handful of discs that you will flick onto a uh, shared board. This board has a, I want to say octagon, but I actually think it has more sides than that. It's a circle, but it's with sh sharp angles, so not a perfect circle. And what you'll do is each turn you'll take turns flicking little lozenge-sized discs onto it. On this board are four quadrants and various areas, as well as little little circles for points. What you're trying to do is flick your discs onto the board and onto certain markers and also to the different quadrants for what you're going to do for the other half of the game. As you do, of course, everyone shares the same board, so you'll knock other people's discs and maybe if you go first and get the perfect shot, your disc will get blasted to the other side of this shared board. But that is just the first half. It's kind of maybe crocodile light a little bit, a little bit of, you know, some dexterity game. But what you do the second half of every turn is, once you have everyone's gone, all their little lozenges are on this shared board, you then use the kind of points that you've scored from doing that first game to fill out a roll-and-write type sheet. On this second half, there's four different quadrants, and each one is almost its own minigame. The top left quadrant is the only one that actually has social interaction, because it's the only one that you can't score points if someone else in your group has got it. It's just using the points. Each point fills in a little dot. If you can fill in a group of dots, you get that many points. But as soon as you fill up a whole group, everyone else at the table has to cross that one off. So that's that game. The top right one is a coverage game where you're kind of filling in this almost looks like a crossword type map. And as you do, you'll get extra bonuses and stuff as you go. But that is its own color and its own quadrant. So you have to have scored the points for that quadrant in the first half. The bottom right is the same thing. One point fills in a thing, but as you go, you'll actually kind of make walls and you're trying to envelop things this time and just surround them using these dots and kind of fill it in like a little constellation. And then the bottom left is a path. And what, however many points you have, you have to fill out that many dots. And wherever you end, you actually get the points for that. It's kind of tough to describe because it's a little sort of tree-like graph but you have to use all of the points. So if the left path has two spaces with a prize at the end and the right path has five spaces with a prize at the end, 
if you use your two on the right one, you'll get the prize. But if you use it on the left one, you'll just get halfway to five and won't get any prize for that. So it's kind of, you're trying to get a certain number of points in that one, as well as choose your own path and where things will fit. So broken into its separate parts, this game would be a little insubstantive, I think. Each of these games is a very, very, like, slight game by itself, but coming together with the mix of balancing the four, the one where you can't share points, as well as mixing the first half of the game where you flick these lozenges around and competing kind of for spaces there, it makes a really interesting and kind of unique feeling game, and one that's fun. I'm definitely going to have to check it out more before I give a hard recommendation. I have not, as of this time, checked out too many roll and writes. I'm certainly going to expand my, you know, knowledge of that kind of genre as we go, but for what it's worth, I think it's good, and I absolutely think it's worth checking out, and at least playing once. So that is Sonora, a lovely desert-flavored flick and write. And now next, we are going to move on to the meat of the podcast for today's topic. 2020, a year in review, and the future. So, man, 2020, what a year, eh? <laughs> oh, uh, as for games, I think this has been a great year. We've seen some excellent releases, and I certainly started the podcast almost three quarters through the year, so I haven't been you know, paying as much attention to current releases as I could have. And so there's definitely some gems that I have missed in 2020, and I look forward to finding those out in the future. But I think it was a good year for games. I don't think it was a great year for gaming. Of course, the looming specter over this year has been the coronavirus outbreak, a worldwide pandemic, which makes it a little hard to gather for board games because A, you're gathering with people you don't spend a lot of time with normally, which is not a really great thing during a pandemic, as well as you're doing so to touch little things on the table and everyone has to touch the same things. So it's been a difficult year for gaming. I have been very lucky in that I have had some board gamers in my bubble and has kind of let me still keep playing games, certainly enough that I can launch this podcast and I am enormously grateful for that. But I certainly look forward to when this whole ordeal is kind of behind us. Hopefully everyone makes it through safe and healthy. And then I can really start playing games with a lot more people. And hopefully can get a lot more games in. And yeah, that's this year for gaming. This year for me, I guess it's been the same experience you've all been having with 2020. It's been a bit of a crazy thing. But, but yeah, this year for me has been okay. It's been full of its own difficulties. But I... I'm actually really glad that I got to start this project, and I'm really proud of how far the podcast has come already. Yeah, I know, it's just starting, and there's not that many episodes, but I am proud of how it's doing, I'm proud of what it is becoming, and I look forward to continuing to do it in the new year, and seeing where it goes, and seeing how I can grow it. So, <laughs> I guess the biggest thing is, yeah, I say it every podcast, but thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. It's wonderful to have this already be exceeding my expectations, especially in a year as crazy as this. So I really, really appreciate it. As for discovering new games this year, on a bit of a lighter note covering the past, um, it has been a great year for myself and for the podcast for discovering games. So a lot of newcomers, of course, I'm still building my repertoire and experience with games, so I'm still discovering new stuff and I look forward to sharing what I can with you. But yeah, some absolutely great games coming out this year. Or 
absolutely great games that I've found this year. Kulami, War Chest, Cairn, Unmatched, Taverns of Tiefenthal. It's been really, really great to discover all these new games. Baron Park, Res Arcana, In the Hall of the Mountain King, getting another chance with 878 Vikings, Irish Gage, Cartographers. All of these have been really wonderful and really great to have discovered. And those are just a few, of course. And lastly, covering this year, there's one part that I've actually left out of this year that I kind of had been planning, but I don't think it's entirely fair. That is, I was hoping to do a Meeple in the Game Stack 2020 Board Game Awards. Instead of just my top 30, which I still continue and look forward to doing next year, I was going to do a, you know, Board Game Awards for Meeple in the Game Stack. The tiniest award show but just what ones I think really stood out in different categories, what ones are worth highlighting. But the big asterisk is, before I launch the podcast, I haven't been trying to keep as up-to-date as possible, so the actual amount of 2020 games I've been playing is much lower than, well, than they deserve. I wouldn't want the ones in earlier 2020 that I missed because I wasn't making it my work to keep relevant to get missed over for this award. So I thought, Starting this podcast, you know, three quarters of the way through the year, it was not entirely fair to cover a whole year worth of board games without, you know, covering a whole year worth of board games. So that is why I am not doing the Meeple and GameStack board game awards this year. You can look forward to that next year. Speaking of looking forward to next year, oh boy, I certainly am. I mean, apart from just board games, yeah, there's been, you know, some first rumors and well, not rumors, but the first kind of reports of vaccines and stuff coming out. Hopefully this can be a happier and more united year, and we can, you know, handle this whole pandemic. But yeah, so that's my hope for the world, I guess, for 2020. As for the future of this podcast in 2020, I'm absolutely going to be continue doing it. I have enjoyed its growth, and I just want to see where I can get it to by the end of this year. It'll be really cool to keep going with it and try to get to a whole year, and then get to a whole 2021 of doing the Meeple and GameStack podcast. So join me on the adventure. <laughs> but moving forward, I'm actually going to change the structure of the podcast a little bit. Yes, I'm also including that community, so that's kind of new. I haven't had too much interaction uh, yet, and I certainly look forward to growing that in the new year. So I hope to keep the community kind of segment alive and well. But also, I'm going to now switch to a different I'm just going to switch to having a topic one week and a feature game the next. I'm still going to be covering what I've been playing and try to highlight smaller games that maybe I'm not going to do a whole feature on in this coming year. So basically I'm just saying that it's going to alternate weeks. So one week will be a feature game, next week will be a topic, so on and so forth into the future. Instead of a feature topic and a game every podcast, First off, I think this will let me really dive into topics in more detail. I'll try to get a bit deeper and try to provide a little bit better insight into these topics as I go. But it also, for me, just keeps it a little more realistic because playing four new board games every month, I mean, I don't know. I'm certainly going to try to, but I just don't want to set that expectation that I have to because that can be difficult, especially because... I mean, this whole situation's not over. Playing board games is still difficult. And so, yeah, I just wanted to set that up as that structure. Of course, maybe I will cover more games 
than that, but I will probably only do the two feature games each month and then two topics each month. So don't worry, podcast is not getting any less, just shuffling things to make it a little easier on our end. So, with that covered, I'm happy to announce another thing that I'm going to be working for in the future. I'm actually going to be trying to fill up my critical repertoire. I understand I'm absolutely a new voice in this scene, the board gaming, you know, scene, and there's a lot of board games that I've missed that people regard as classics, as absolutely essential, and are often referred to and used in contrast as, and I think a good example of this is Dominion. I have played Dominion, and I can absolutely see how it's kind of the grandfather of deck builders and kind of pioneered that genre. I just want to make sure that I am Yeah, trying to cover all my bases as a critic as I start to move into actually critically assessing games for for people to so that I can do a better job of letting you know whether something is really good or not. So in an effort to, you know, maintain my journalistic integrity, I'm actually going to do a new focus for the new year. So of course I am going to be covering new games as they come out and whatever games I can, but Across the year, I'm actually going to be covering games by certain well-known game designers. So, for alternating months, we're going to go January, March, so on and so forth throughout the year, so that I'm, of course, not missing out on any new games and can focus on those on the off times. But, as I go, I'm going to have designer months, where I'll have a month that's kind of focused on making sure that I can play a bunch of games from a well-known designer who has significantly contributed to the board gaming hobby. I'll actually be announcing what month it's going to be on the next episode. I'll let you guys know I have a designer in mind that I'm already going to focus on, and I've done some of their work, but I'm going to try to get more of their games to really make sure that I can highlight specifically that designer. And I really look forward to doing that. I'm really curious to kind of dive into these famous designers' backlogs, find out why they're such popular names and big names in the scene, So if you don't know, I hope you look forward to finding out with me. I'll let you know what I find out. And if you already know, then hopefully it's interesting and valuable to get what I get out of these designers' work from, you know, someone with a pair of fresh eyes. So yeah, that's going to be another thing that I focus on in the new year. As well as I myself am going to try two challenges. Of course, January comes up, everyone has resolutions, uh, and I'm going to have two challenges for myself for this year. I'm going to have... My 10 by 10 challenge. Yep, I'm going to do it. We're going deep end on this. We're going to try going for the full 10 by 10. For those of you who don't know, a 10 by 10 challenge is where you pick 10 games to play 10 times throughout the year. This leads to 100 plays, so it's a fair bit of plays. And once you play a game at, you know, 10 times, you should, you'll really dive in and be able to really sink your teeth in deep into a game's design and the experience of playing it. So I really look forward to doing that trying to really dive deep on these games that I think are really great. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm, of course, going to be covering new games as I go and the Designers Month, so I'm going to be playing lots of new games, but I still want to play my old games, so we're going to go by the 10x10 challenge. I'll let you know how I'm doing throughout the year, and I look forward to challenging myself that way and really trying to hammer out some plays of specific games. Also, the second challenge that I'm going to take is, as I keep getting new games and reviewing them for the podcast, I think it's important, especially in this hobby, that people don't get suckered into the cult of the new too much, where you just get fascinated by the next thing and the next thing and the next thing without really 
diving deep and getting the most out of what you have. So my second challenge is doing, going to be to play all of the games in my collection once throughout the year. I mean, I don't have 100 games, so it's going to be less overall plays than the 10x10 challenge, but just making sure that I get every single one that I have out and played at least once. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to challenging myself with both of these. We'll see how I do. Um, of course, the podcast is going to come first. These are personal challenges, but if you have challenges for yourself, let me know. I'm curious if you think I'm biting off more than I can chew, or if you're actually going even harder. Maybe you're doing a 25 by 25 challenge, which sounds like a whole hell of a lot. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know if anyone's quite that ambitious. Maybe a 15 by 10 challenge or, you know, so on and so forth. I've also heard 25 by fives or five by fives. I'm curious to know what your board gaming resolutions are for the new year. So of course, reach me on Twitter at Meeple GameStack. Couldn't fit that inna in there as well as I'm just Meeple in a GameStack at gmail.com if you want to shoot me an email. I will also be on Board Game Geek and Board Game Atlas as Mitch the DM if you ever want to hit me up on there. But yeah, I'm curious to know what your board gaming resolutions are. And yeah, that's going to be most of what I'm shooting for in the new year in regards to the podcast, what's going to be going on. Of course, new episode every week. I look forward to doing this podcast throughout the year. But, so the last thing I want to cover is some baseless speculation on games that have not come out yet and just what I'm hyped for. So, in the new year, we've got Sea of Legends is coming out. Guards of Atlantis, the new Railroad Inc., the new expansion for Nemesis, we got Massive Darkness 2, Northgard, Uncharted Lands, Kabuto Sumo, and Darkest Dungeon. I'm all very much excited for those titles, and I may have kickstarted a fair few of them. Yeah, I definitely look forward to diving into these big-name games, some new experiences. Frosthaven, of course, there's the new Simon game, Ankh, is coming out. We got Mercado de Lisboa. We've got Comet, Blood and Sand, the refinement of the original Comet that is very highly regarded. Curious to know how that turns out. Return to Dark Tower, Merchants of the Dark Road, a lot of darkness, Archice, Whale Riders, and of course that new Descent box. What is that going to be like? I know um, I've played Star Wars Imperial Assault enough to know that uh, Fantasy Flight knows what they're doing for Dungeon Crawlers, so it'll be curious to see how they really bring the app into the core of the game and what they do in this new edition. And there's many more titles that I just don't have time to list, and I'm and those are just some of the ones that I'm looking forward to, and I think it's going to be a great year for games. So I'm absolutely looking forward to this year. I think it's going to be a great one for board gaming and for the podcast, and I hope that you are along for the ride with me, and hopefully that you can start this year with a whole lot of enthusiasm for this hobby that we both love and hope for the future. And that's going to do it for what the future holds for Meeple in the Game Stack. We'll see if I'm absolutely wildly wrong at the, you know, recap for next year. Maybe I was right, and we'll just have to see. So, as always, thank you to the artist Grumpy Snorlax for the use of their song Cerulean as our intro and outro music. If you've liked the show and thought it was a worthwhile experience, please like it where you can on the platforms that you can. I know Apple Podcasts has it. If you rated five stars on there, that'd be very helpful as well as go on BoardGameGeek, become a fan of the show through there. And of course, the best way to support the show right now is to just tell a friend. If you have someone who's interested in board games or needs a new podcast for their commute, please let them know. I'd really appreciate it. It helps out the show. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.